Blog Talk Radio. Are you driven by a passion to discover your divine destiny, ready to discover your purpose, and fulfill your God-given potential? You can at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane Sundays at 9 a.m. Rediscover the kingdom and discover your purpose, identity, and divine destiny. For more information, call 267-357-9816. The kingdom of God is now eternal, and it's your time. Don't miss your moments. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. God will supply your needs. See you this Sunday at the Kingdom Church at Philadelphia in West Oak Lane at 9 a.m. The Kingdom Church at Philadelphia, 6101 Lime Kiln Pike at Church Lane. Call 267-357-9816. This message paid for by the faithful supporters of Kingdom Vision Ministries International. Listen daily to www.247kingdomradio.com where Jesus is Savior, Lord, Owner, Master, and King.
and begin to talk to him about purpose, and begin to talk to him about God's original intent, and how that every man here is born for purpose. That's what you came into the earth for a purpose. He came into the earth on assignment, with an assignment. Hallelujah. You gotta go to the one who created you. He created you and made you and knows how to be changed. Yes. What makes you work? Amen. So Hallelujah. Just thank God for that. And just thank God for how that people are coming up and saying, I never heard it like that before. Hallelujah. Yeah, I never heard it like that before. I never, that, I never thought like that before. Ah. And I said, we got, I, oh God, I, I got in trouble a little bit, but that's okay. <laughs> this thing is greater than religion. That Jesus didn't come with religion. Come on. I said, not even the religion of Christianity, I am required for more than the church to be the songs of the but I said, God wants us to go beyond the cross. Yeah, we got the cross. You can't you say about the cross all the time, but we got to go past the cross and go into the heavens. Hallelujah. The demonstration of this thing. I got some more things to share, but that'd be at another time. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'm just, I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about what he's about to do. About some things he's about to launch here. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you'll see how much of the fruit 
amen, and it's really about your life. And it's not to, to put you on front street. It's not to down you, but it's to show you, oh, no, we, we, we supposed to go together. And then, see, it's about, we can't allow personality courses to get each other's way of what the real deal is about. We can get somebody's personality might not be your company. That's when you was in the world. That's when you was living according to your flesh. That's when you was living according to your mind, your will, and your emotions. Ah, but now when we look at one another, you got to see the greater. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. And then when you see that greater, you got to draw it out. We're going to draw that out of each other this year. We're going to draw the greater out. Yes. Whatever's in you that I see, I'm going to pull it out because I want to. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. We don't know. We don't know. But somebody here might have a word. I was talking about First Corinthians chapter 12, which we don't get into next week. But in that, it talks about how the church, oh, excuse me, First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, talks about church government, talks about how the church is supposed to grow and walk together and how they experience life together, and that's what we're going to be working on. We're going to experience life together. It's going to be more than just this. Amen. We ain't forcing nobody. We, we, we just present Amen. But then we're going to keep one another accountable. Hey, guys, I'm going to pray because the message is coming. It's on there. <laughs> but I just thank God for each and every one of you. I thank God that you're here. And, Lord, we just want to give you praise. We're going to give you honor. We're going to continue to give you glory, Lord God. We don't come for form and fashion. Oh, God, this is not an organized religious show, Lord God, but you are the God of order. And so you give us order, and we keep order, Lord God. And everything is done by your spirit. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by your spirit. It's by your spirit, Lord God, that we come to worship. It's by your spirit that we live, move, and have our being, Lord God. It's by your spirit that we are the expression of life in the kingdom, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, Lord God. And, Lord God, we want to be a living example. We want to walk in just as Jesus was the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and now he resides in us. So we want to walk in the fullness. We want to be the expression of that fullness. Oh, God, we want to be the word made flesh. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We want to be those, how you said in the word, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, Lord, but you were with them, Lord God. So we want to say the same thing about one another. How joy, how God anointed Mark, how God anointed Juanita, how God anointed Siam, how God anointed Antonio with the Holy Ghost and with power, who goes about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil, for the Lord is with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We receive it, Lord. We receive the assignment. We receive your word. We receive the anointing. We receive it, God. And we will walk in. And we give you glory for the word that's coming forth today. That's raising us up. That's making us more mature. Ah, glory to God. It's edifying the whole body, Lord God. That we might walk out and be everything that you designed us to be, Lord God. Oh, Father, we thank you. We give you praise. And I, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 
the subject is from miseducation as Christians to kingdom manifestation as sons and daughters of God. Now, I know that's a long title, praise God. <laughs> Here's the shortened version. God wants to change you. Or I should say it this way. God wants to change your level. God wants to change your level. And so we are going from miseducation as Christians to kingdom manifestation as sons and daughters of God. And so we want to unpack that. So I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Pastor Anthony has prayed, praise God, that the, the atmosphere is set. It was set when you all came in because Jesus came in with you. And we're two or more gathered in his name. He is already here in the midst of us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 12. Bless the wonderful name of Jesus. And we're looking at verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with the race that is set before us, looking unto the who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When you know what is set before you, there's no reason to envy anybody. When you know what is set before you, when you know the assignment God has given, there's no reason to be envious or envy anybody. says, for the joy that was set before him. Let me tell you what his joy was. He knew that you were on the other side of the cross. What has God told you about the assignment that he's given you? If I can see where he's leading, no matter the sacrifice, I, I should have joy in the going forth because he's already told me what my reward is for my obedience. Now, picture this. Jesus was despised. He was rejected of men. He was persecuted. 
He he was he was sneered at, jeered at, mocked, but he had joy. And the joy was because he knew what was at the other end. Now now watch this. He says in verse three. For consider him that endorsed such contradiction of sinners against himself. Lest ye be weary and faint in your minds. How easy are we offended? How easy are we distracted when people come out against us? But the writer here says, consider Jesus. But why is he telling them to consider Jesus? So that you would receive the example that Jesus set. Now, now remember I said, said God wants to change your level. He can only change your level by you consenting to changing your thinking. That's a good note for you right there. He can only change your level by you consenting to changing your thinking. So the writer to the Hebrews says, consider Jesus. Observe his example. None of us have been disobeyed or rejected to the degree that Jesus had been. And yet Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He, he's the creator, he's the originator, and he's the completer of your faith. But he's also the example. Yes. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it? He says, ye have not yet resisted unto blood striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. Underline that. That word exhortation means encouragement. God speaks an encouragement to we who are his children. I'm going to say that again. God speaks an encouragement to we who are his children. The writer says you forgot the encouragement. You forgot the exhortation. You you forgot what was spoken to you as a child. Look at it. He says, my son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Well, wait a minute. What does this have to do with the subject matter? It has everything to do with it. Jesus was chastened for our redemption, and we are chastened for our maturity. Hallelujah. If you go through life uncorrected, you can be in the house and still not be transformed. If you only judge things by your own attitudes and your opinions, but don't judge them by the word of God, you miss the correction that the Lord is bringing 
for personal transformation. The Bible says Jesus was chastised for what? Our transgression. Probably me. So why are you being chastised? Because now the Lord wants us to mature. And every time the Lord corrects you, it is never to destroy you. It is only to build you up. So walk after the same example that Jesus set for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so so he takes us to new levels because he always wants to take you from glory to glory. You cannot stay in the same mental state as you were before. And what got you this far will not take you further. The Lord is calling for more. Are you with me this morning? Now, we've come a long way. Many of us, we've come a long way. We weren't where we were before, but he wants to take you higher. And stop believing that foolishness, new levels, new devils, no, same devil. (laughs) Hallelujah, same devil. And the same activity you used to defeat him early on will be the same activity that you'll have to use to defeat him going forward. Some people never want to go beyond where they are because they're afraid of new devils lurking somewhere. The same devil. Same devil. Jesus defeated the devil, and the Bible says the devil left him for a season. So, so let's not have this utopia men- mindset or utopia mentality that says you're going to come to a place in kingdom revelation where the devil will no longer challenge you. That's a lie. They challenge you every day. And never think that you've come to a place where the knowledge of the kingdom is such that you've now arrived. If you're taking notes, here's a good note for you. Always stay teachable. Always stay teachable. The Holy Spirit Spirit is still teaching. The Holy Spirit is on assignment to lead you and guide you into all truth and show you things to come. So just because you've gotten to a certain level, that is certainly not the time to think you've arrived. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, life has a quirkiness about it. That just when you think you've arrived, something will happen, and and you'll realize you're not where you thought you were. (laughs) Hallelujah. So, so, So correction is for maturity. God never brings correction to destroy his children. He only brings correction to mature his children. Hallelujah. 
If you fight correction, you are fighting maturity. Are you with me this morning? Yes, sir. He says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? Now, I want you to think about the body of Christ. It, it seems like the body of Christ have become a people, I'm speaking in generality, who have become a people who are laws unto themselves. Nobody can correct them. I don't need you to correct me. You're not my pastor. You pass the way people talk, right? You're not my apostle. You're not my bishop. I don't need you to correct me. Watch this. Correction comes as God uses one another to keep each other reminded as to the quality of life we're supposed to be living as sons and daughters who are submitted to the king. In other words, God can use anybody to correct you. I want you to think about that for a moment. You could be somewhere, you think you're minding your business. And the Lord used someone to expose an area in you that the Lord wants you to change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they look like nobody. You know, and as Lois just said, it could be a child. The Bible says, and a child shall teach them. Do you ever have a child tell you something that you knew it had come from God and you're like, wait? <laughs> you know, and we use old wives' tales. We, we start talking about what well, they're old souls. <laughs> They've been around for a while. No, God was speaking through them the correction you needed to bring the deliverance that was necessary. Hallelujah. So, so God wants to take you to new levels. But the way to go to the new levels is you always have to stay teachable and you have to begin to embrace correction. I'm kind of getting in ahead of myself, but God wants you to have such a heart towards him that, that you're passionate about God. That, that you're passionate about the things of God. That, that you're passionate about the church. That you don't just come here to, to get a word, but you're passionate about that thing the Lord calls the church. Hallelujah. You know, people come in, they, they, they participate in the meeting, they go back home, and they come back the next week. But you, you should have a passion. For this thing called the church. It should be such passion that you're actually seeking, how can I please God in the assembly that God has called me to? What can I do to make the word of God and the work of God better where the Lord has planned? Do you see it? Yeah. Your focus 
is to be on doing what the Lord has asked you to do. Your focus is to be on doing what the Lord has asked you to do. Now, that means I've got to be in a position where I can hear God. Sometimes our lives are too cluttered, and we can't really hear them. We got the music on. We we on the phone. We be talking to Uncle Bud and and and, and Sister Sue and 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 just busy, 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 but doing nothing. One time the Lord said to me, this was back in the 1980s. He said, "People are in a rush, going nowhere." Sometimes to hear God, you have to study to be quiet while all this noise is going on around you. People wonder what's up with you. They think something wrong with you. But you really just study and be quiet. In other words, God doesn't want you involved in every activity. And I'm talking about in life. He doesn't want you involved in every activity. So you have to know what he's authorized. You have to know what he's allowed, or you'll find yourself consumed in busyness without effectiveness. Come on, say this with me. God wants me to always be effective. Lord, lead me to be Lead me to where I can be the most effective. Can you see that? Oftentimes, we lose time because we're consumed in that which is unproductive. And time waits, you've heard this before, <laughs> for no Time doesn't wait for anybody. You you go to sleep tonight, you wake up tomorrow, it's gonna to be December twenty-fifth. <laughs> That's the way it's been feeling, isn't it? We 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 just started the new the new year and we at the end of the new year already. What in the world happened? So time doesn't wait for anybody. Time keeps on moving. But God wants us to be better stewards of our time. Hallelujah. He gives all of us 24 hours and seven days. What we don't all have in common is the length of days. So it's what you do in the time you have and the number of days you have that are supposed to make a difference, not just for you, but for somebody else. Hallelujah. Boy, you're preaching real good. (laughs) (laughs) Revelation chapter 2. Let's look at Revelation chapter 2. And verse... Well, 
Let's start with verse 2. Revelation chapter 2, verse 2 and 3. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not. And has found them liars. Verse 3 is what I want you to see. And has borne and has patience and for my name's sake has labored and has not fainted. Hallelujah. That's where the Lord wants you at. He, he wants you in a place where you've labored and have not fainted. But he also wants you to test them that say they are apostles and are not. How are you to know the difference between them who say they are apostles and those who are not? One of the ways that you know the difference is by their fruit. The apostle lays the foundation of the kingdom of God by which you're supposed to walk on. He says, thou hast labored, and you haven't seen it. Have you noticed the enemy always tempts you to quit? There's times I've had spiritual battles you don't know anything about. Hallelujah. If I express them, I maybe only express a little bit. But sometimes it's a battle royale. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because the enemy always wants you to quit. But it's when you know your destiny, when you know what's ahead of you, when you know what he's told you to do, and when you know the benefit of obedience, it's supposed to serve as motivation to keep you from quitting. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, what really is supposed to help you to keep from quitting is loving God with the entirety of your being. Hallelujah. If you will love God with the entirety of your being, then whether things are working for you or they're not working for you, you will not quit. I found out God is God when things are working. But he's also God when things aren't. Praise God. I found out God is God when I got money and God is God when I don't have any. Hallelujah. So so if you will love him with the totality of your being, then life circumstances will never be the indication of whether you should be persistent or not. Loving God becomes the issue. Loving God and loving God's people. Are you receiving this? You have to be so sure of the future that God has for you that you don't allow anyone to discourage you. You have to be so assured of the future God has for you 
that you don't allow anyone to discourage you. Now, now when I was looking at this, the Lord reminded me that David encouraged himself. And I put something up on Facebook earlier today. I think it's Psalm 42 and verse 5 or 48, verse 5 or 45, verse 8, whatever it is. But, 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 but David said, oh, my soul, why art thou cast down within me? But then he spoke to his inner man. He said, you can be depressed, oppressed, stressed, and all that mess, but I shall yet hope in God. In other words, David encouraged himself. When sometimes when the enemy comes out on attack, he comes out with a spirit of heaviness, that's when you got to remember that God has given you a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. When you're praising God and you're magnifying him, you're encouraging yourself. You're building up yourself on your most holy faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So sometimes you're going to have to minister to the Lord by blessing him in the midst of the mess. You know, I thought about David. David would pray in tongues. And he would sing in tongues. He said, he said, Early, you bless God well. Paul, yeah, I said David. Paul, barely you bless God well. Now, now think about that. Here, Paul is. He's encouraging himself in the midst of affliction, in the midst of persecution, in the midst of oppression, in the midst of distress, and even while he was blessed and enjoying plenty, he would always spend time. Ministering to the Lord in the spirit. You, you wait until you feel good. Hallelujah. That's just an emotional fit. But, but if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and you begin to minister to the Lord, take time ministering to him in the spirit. As you're ministering to the Lord in the spirit, verily the Lord himself is blessed. Did you know you can build up God? See, I know you in God is built up as you're ministering to him in the spirit. Hallelujah. Paul said, I pray in the spirit. But then he also said, I sing in the spirit. Now, now can you get a picture? Uh, you're, you're singing. You're, you're, you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. You're one of them tongue-talking, holy, rolling, glory to God. And, and, and you're ministering to the Lord, singing to him in the spirit. Yes, sir. I magnify your name. I magnify your name. You are worthy, God. You are wonderful, Lord. Glory to your holy name. On the Lord of Oh, blessing, Lord of And you doing this? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
You, you're driving down the highway. Well, one day I said, Lord, how did Paul pray in tongues more than them all? That was a pretty big boast that Paul made. And I got a revelation. He was on the back of a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> he's he, he, he praying in the Holy Ghost and singing in the Holy Ghost, going from town to town. And so while other people were being occupied by the scenery, he was bringing God on the scene. Yeah. Hallelujah. He said, well, I'm not baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, you may be before you leave here today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. But 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 let's say you only have your 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 national language. See there are people watching from other countries. So so maybe you only have your natural language. When was the last time that you went before God in your national language and just began to praise and magnify him, not because you wanted anything, but just because he is God. Now, I ain't talking about, you know, when the praises go up. The ain't what I'm talking about, praise God. I'm talking about you loving on God because God is loving on you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do we love him? Because he first loved us. In other words, you don't need any other reason Then the fact that he first loved you, hallelujah, you see, well, I got a long way to go. Come on, say this with me. He is taking me higher. Now, you got to believe that. You got to believe that the Lord did not intend for you to stay in the condition he found you in. And that every day he is taking you higher. You know, a couple of weeks ago, and I said it last week too, I told you I began to say this. Every day I'm getting better and better in every way. Didn't I tell y'all that? Yes. Come on, say this with me. Every day I'm getting better and better in every way. And every day I'm getting wealthier and wealthier. In every way, because every day I become more like Jesus in every way, and all things belong to him, therefore all things belong to me. You got to change your thinking on purpose. Hallelujah. You have to position yourself for the change that the Lord is bringing about. How often have you heard preachers say, God's getting ready, God's getting ready, God's getting ready. God ain't getting ready to do nothing. He's already doing it. Hallelujah. What he does is he waits for me to position myself for what he's already done. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not looking for a breakthrough. I'm breaking out of the conditioning 
that hindered the breakthrough that had already come. Come on, say this with me. Jesus is my breakthrough. Jesus is my breakthrough. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's a teaching right there. Jesus is my breakthrough. I was dead in trespasses and sins, and Jesus, as my breakthrough, brought me in to the family of God. Hallelujah. Turn to Revelation chapter 19. A couple of weeks ago, you may remember me saying that you find truth in nuggets. Yeah. You might read a whole chapter in one verse. That's where the nugget is. And in other instances, you got to read just about the whole chapter because the whole chapter is a nugget. Learn to find the truth hidden. Seek for it. Search for it. It's there. But, but if I don't read, I'm not going to see. Hallelujah. Or if I only read, read what I already read, more revelation won't come to me because I've gotten all the revelation I could get from what I already read. Time spent to study is never time lost. Time spent in study is never time lost. When I first started re- learning the revelation of the kingdom, man, I used to tell people, listen, you got to get a Bible in your bedroom. Yeah. You wake up in the middle of the night, you pull it open, put, put on that little light, and get in that word. Yeah, you, you might have to put one in the, in the bathroom because you're on the throne of glory. And you're in the word. You got to have one in the kitchen because you're eating your cocoa puffs. And you're in the Word. In other words, the Word has to begin to mean everything to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, now, some of you, y'all, y'all using your phones nowadays, praise God. My, my, only, my, my only aversion to the phone is you can't flip pages fast enough. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> he said, well, I was reading the Word I was reading the word on my phone, yeah, but God said turn to Philippians chapter 4, and you missed it because you're so focused on reading the word. <laughs> Get yourself a B-I-B-L-E. <laughs> hard, hard copy, glory to God. Revelation chapter 19, y'all messing with me. <laughs> Verse 4. We're talking about going to new levels. And the four and twenty elders and the four beasts fell down and worshipped God that sat on the throne, saying, Amen, Alleluia. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. Underline ye that fear him. Because we're going to look at that a little later. I didn't I didn't check my watch and nobody told me to take my watch off. We find at a high altitude and I don't know how long we're gonna be on this journey. Praise God. Now now look, he says And I 
And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent. Do you see it? Omnipotent or omnipotent means all potential. It means God is fully potent. All potential is in God, and because God is in you, all potential is in you. Pastor Anthony said there's some things changing around here. Praise God. I'm sensing in the spirit realm. Hallelujah. I'm just a chef in town laying the foundation. And the, the pastor nurtures once the foundation has been laid. You have to understand the potential that is in God is the reason why you have potential in you. Hallelujah. You're going to stop living, babysitting your fears. Hallelujah. Oh, look at me, strange. He says, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Now, who is the wife? The saints. The wife has made herself ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, get a picture, especially you married folks. Hallelujah. The wife makes herself ready, which means she wasn't automatically ready. She had to make herself ready. (laughs) When, When you're submitted to the word of God, you are making yourself ready for the bridegroom. Tell the truth. And Nina just said, got work to do. That is the truth. Because we got all kinds of religious philosophy being preached that that is encouraging people to be a success in this and a success in that. How about doing the doctrine that produces the fruit of the Spirit because you're now submitted to God and the Holy Spirit living the truth? Anybody looking for the next revelation? And we're missing the revelation that's been established before us. Are you receiving this? And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Hallelujah. That's talking about you. I'm telling you. I had a few hours with the Lord. I'm like, uh, duh. You understand? You begin to see things. And he connects you to other people who have seen things. And when you allow yourself to receive the correction, now you can see too. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. You are the righteous saints. And the Lord lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. There is a whole another level we're supposed to be functioning at when we understand who he's made us to be. But you have to prepare yourself to be the bride that he's returning for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all receiving this this morning? I ain't going to keep asking y'all because I'm going to keep preaching anyway, whether you receive it or not. Hallelujah. Come on, say, I receive it. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, these are the true sayings of God. Here's what the Lord has been speaking to my heart. I'm trying to get there in the scriptures, but it talks about Jesus being the more sure word of prophecy. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm trying to get there in the scriptures, uh, but I want to just get it out. Every word that Jesus has prophesied concerning your victory comes to pass. Uh, see, see, that's why he only talking about you going to heaven. But the prophetic declaration of Jesus, he said, these times shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out. That was prophecy. I was in here last night having a fit. That, that's prophecy. Every prophetic word that Jesus declared concerning you comes to pass. He's the more sure word of prophecy. So, so you can have prophets come in all day and all night, but there's a more sure word of prophecy. Jesus is that more sure word of prophecy, which means everything Jesus spoke is coming to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you read Matthew chapter 24, Jesus is prophesying the end of the world. But he also prophesies you in it. He says, when this gospel of the kingdom is preached throughout the world as a witness to every nation, then the end shall come. Well, who is he talking to about preaching the gospel? He's talking to his disciples. He's talking to the saints. He's speaking prophetically of what's going to come to pass, and he ain't even in the earth. Come on, somebody say, up in here, up in here. Now, you know that's old school, praise God. <laughs> here it is, here it is, verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of Prophecy. 
Hallelujah. Come on, say, I'm going to higher level. You see it? You see it? Now, if Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, then it means what Jesus spoke is coming to pass for me. I'm telling you, there's nothing like the Lord to chastise you to jerk the religion right out of you. You thought you were kingdom, 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 you full of religion. Hallelujah. Has not really embraced the, the significance of the reality of the reign of Christ over your life. Having kingdom terminology, but not understanding the substance by which we now live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, verse 11, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and wages war. Underline that. In righteousness he judges and wages war. Okay, against who? He 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 wages war against the unrighteous. In other words, he comes out on attack against kings and kingdoms, against nations and countries, and the unrighteous that are in them. And we sit around partying. Like it's just about us. Hallelujah. Did you see? Was, you know, one brother, he's complaining because they cut him short on his speech on the Dove Awards. And, and I'm saying, you're tripping about being cut short on your speech on the Dove Awards, but you had hundreds of times to give testimony to the truth, and you compromised at times that you had the opportunity. So you're making an issue about the Dove Awards. Just go on and preach the truth, praise God. Hallelujah. Then, then we got another bishop, uh, a bishop. He, he's complaining because for eight years he served a television a television station that masqueraded as a ministry that he was complicit in the masquerade and when he got jerked in the end now he's mad. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go on te- go on television and tell them about the years that you deceived the people while selling Bibles as though the station was a ministry when it wasn't a ministry in its ownership. It was just a religious pretense. Come on, tell the whole truth. Y'all okay? You see, you are the righteous saints. And I just heard this. As the righteous saint, God doesn't want you to be trifled with. But wait a minute, he didn't finish talking. And he said, Neither does he want you to be trifling. When when you don't properly apprehend the fact that having become 
want you to be trifled with, nor does he want you to be trifled in. Hallelujah. You become trifling when you know the truth but refuse to do the truth while you claim to know it. The Lord has, has, has had me watching how people will lie to you with, with no sense of, of, of conscience. Hallelujah. And I'm talking about amongst the saints. And what the Lord reminds me is there are people who have good intent. They just don't have good character. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Don't run for the door now. Praise God. Yeah, no, he said. He said, he judges and wages war. Verse 12. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems, or many crowns. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Hallelujah. Are you tired of having church for church sake? Are you ready to submit to the word of God, which is Jesus? No, no longer lay claim to the one you're not submitted to. He's the word of God. He's the more sure word of prophecy. Not just what he prophesied concerning the book of Revelation, but the Lord said to me last night, every word Jesus spoke concerning you is Jesus being a prophet speaking your destiny. So when Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, you knew he was going to get there some kind of way. When he said, seek ye first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, here comes the prophecy. All these things shall be added unto you. Jesus was prophesying. <laughs> he was given a prophetic declaration of what your obedience would produce. Hallelujah. I'm going to the church or across the other side. <laughs> Man. Hallelujah. Well, watch this. When, when Jesus said, ask, and you shall receive. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door shall be opened. I used to take that, that Jesus was giving instruction and giving me the benefits of what my obedience is. But last night the Lord said, when Jesus was speaking, he was bringing you into prophetic destiny by your obedience. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I ain't backing up off of this, praise God. It's too good to back up off of Come on, say, go further. <laughs> You see? So so here we are 
the, the prophetic children of destiny, and Jesus is not just our elder brother, and he's not just chief apostle, but he's the master prophet. Hallelujah. You wrote that? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You see, Jesus is the master prophet. He's prophesying your destiny. He's prophesying your future. But he also prophesies your persecution. (laughs) Hallelujah. And and he tells you what to do when you're persecuted. He, 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 He doesn't, nowhere do you see him telling you to pray his vengeance on your enemies. Amen. It ain't there. Hallelujah. He tells you to bless them. He tells you not to curse them. He tells you when they despitefully use you, mistreat you, you bless them anyway. And and what does he say? He says, when you do that, yours is the kingdom of heaven. Oh. (laughs) I'm telling you, come on, saying, you you, got to get past, past playing church. You, you have to come into the place of really being the church. And you'll never come into the place of really being the church until you're a real believer. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. A real believer doesn't just believe for the blessing. The real believer understands that there's pressure in the blessing. In other words, persecution is as much a part of the process as the prize. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm I'm sensing what what God is doing is he's taking murmur out of us. Hallelujah. Come on, say, Lord, deliver me from murmuring. Lord, deliver me from murmuring. Taking you to new levels. But besides, in all that complaining you've been doing, did anything change? <laughs> you only make yourself miserable. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, you, you make yourself miserable and you make everybody around you miserable, and then you satisfied in misery because you got a chance to vent. <laughs> and you're still miserable. Come on, say, new levels. New levels. Verse 14 And the armies which are in heaven Clothed in fine linen White and clean Yeah, I got to get past that Praise God (laughs) Were following him on white horses From his mouth comes a sharp sword So that with it he may strike down the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God, the Almighty. Now, now picture this. Jesus, with the wrath of his mouth, is destroying nations. Watch this. And he's churning out wrath. Hmm. 
You ever see anybody do, do the Minecraft? In, in the old country, they would be bare feet and they pressing the grapes in order to produce the wine. And in a newer economy, they, 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 they load the grapes in, but they have this press machine that presses out. Picture Jesus pressing out the wrath of God against the disobedient. He, he slain the nations with his mouth, which is the sword, but at the same time, he's pressing out the wrath of God against them. A couple weeks ago, the Lord told me, I didn't tell y'all, I guess because it wasn't time to, but the Lord told me to, to tell you, watch for preachers who are only always preaching about Jesus' love. Because oftentimes, they have not been sufficiently dealt with themselves. So they can only talk about love. Jesus is not just the God of love, but he's also the God of wrath. If you're only ever talking about how much he loves you, when he comes to correct you, will you ever really be corrected if you can only see him as a God of love? Now, I'm going to tell you what you wind up doing. You wind up saying stuff like, well, God knows my heart. Because your, your, your subconscious was trained to only know that he's a God of love, but you weren't instructed in the word to know that he's also a God of wrath. So the Lord said there are ministers that only preach the love of Jesus because they themselves haven't sufficiently been dealt with to know in the word of God that the same one who's called the love is also God of wrath. Are you here this morning? Verse 16. And on his road and on his side, he had the name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Well, guess what? He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. So that taught me at all times, no matter how much I think I'm a king, I'm always supposed to be submitted to the king. And no matter how much I think I'm an owner, everything I have, I'm to submit to the owner. Hallelujah. You don't own anything. The Lord owns everything, and everything you have, he's made you a steward of. Come on, say new level. Now, here's what I want you to see. Whatever Jesus spoke and whatever the Father spoke concerning him, is what will be. Whatever Jesus spoke and whatever the Father spoke concerning him is what will be. Come on, say, settle it. Settle it. 
church, from conference to conference, from pastor to pastor, from meeting to meeting, looking for a breakthrough. Not understanding that this relationship we have with Jesus is, is so much, so much more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you realize that Jesus has entrusted you with bringing the end? <laughs> Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do, do you realize he has entrusted you with the mysteries of the kingdom and the responsibility of bringing the end of the age? That's why I said I refuse to become a professional preacher because I believe professional preachers lose the urgency of the hour. They, they become more more concerned about, about what audiences they can attract to themselves. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, how much money can come in from the various meetings while, while, while people are dying on a revelation that the people who are being preached to can't live? Now, I ain't getting any amens in, in, in Internet land. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you understand? So, so, so don't look at the doctrine of the kingdom as, as a message that causes you to be elevated into a new kind of profession of deep revelation. No, the purpose of the doctrine of the kingdom of God is first to bring us under submission and then enable us to reign as we carry this message to the nations that we're reconciling man back to God again so that when the wrath of Jesus comes, we've done our part in reconciling as many as we can back to God before the end. Hallelujah. Somebody say new level. Now, Whatever the Father spoke concerning Jesus and whatever Jesus spoke, it is coming to pass. And yet, whatever Jesus spoke concerning you is what will be. Hallelujah. Are you receiving that? What did he speak concerning you? I think one day last week, somewhere I was ministering, and I talked about... What was the prophecies that were spoken over you? And I'm talking about from credible people who may have laid hands on you, prayed for you, and spoke over you. What were the prophecies that were spoken over you? Do you realize you're supposed to take those prophecies and you're supposed to war a good warfare? Paul told Timothy that, by, that thou by them might war a good warfare. Okay, so how do I take prophecy and war good warfare? I go before God and I keep him in remembrance of what he said concerning me. Yeah. Hallelujah. Lord, you said. Yeah. No, I, I ain't talking about you buying a car. <laughs> I ain't talking about you getting a new house. Lord, you said you're going to give me a new house. Glory to God. 
No, what did he say to you of the purpose that he's given you? Whatever it is that was spoken to you is surely coming to pass. However, there's no guarantee any more than you being submitted to what he said. In other words, your submission is the guarantee. Hallelujah. Your submission is the guarantee. God gives you purpose, but there's no guarantee that you will fulfill it. It always takes obedience. It always takes submission for purpose to be fulfilled. You can go to your grave without having accomplished what God sent you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I hate to be morbid about it, but I'm always conscious of the fact that death is not at the door. So, so how effective can I be while I'm here? That's why when somebody gets up and gives a testimony about something they've learned and that kind of thing, you see me start weeping and whatnot. I ain't trying to weep on purpose. What the Lord is showing me is that purpose brings people into their destiny. And so when they give a testimony of it, it just so resonates in my spirit that it moves me to tears. Hallelujah. New levels. Hallelujah. You see? Everything Jesus said concerning you is coming to pass now. Come on, say that. Everything Jesus said concerning me is coming.